That's right. Welcome into the First Draft Podcast, ESPN's Draft Focus Podcast. We produce a new show every Tuesday around 4 p.m. Eastern time. And if you're into video, go check out ESPN's YouTube page and search First Draft for more. Field the Eights, as always, joined by Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay back with us after an absence last week. Todd, good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, buddy. How, how are you? I'm doing well. And Mel, how are we, how are we hanging in down there in, uh, in Baltimore? We're doing good. We've got a lot done today. Todd and I had a lot of fun shows, so it's going to be good. To, to it's, move from, now we're moving into March, which is pretty amazing. We already passed through the December, January holidays, Christmas, New Year's, and now we're into, into March, and the, the draft can't be far away. Say, I'm starting to get calling. nervous, Kuyper. Are you? Yeah, How? there's a lot of players still to do. That's because do you procrastinate. I don't. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> Although, hey – Hey, Todd's got to make 22 straight flights or 22 weeks of flights in a row. Every know? Saturday in the fall, and I'm here working and grinding at the combat. He's out having a ball all, all, all September. You have it so hard, though. The Kuiper compound. Country, you know, enjoying yeah, football, a- hanging out, you know, hanging out all over the place, doing a great job on, on those, those games. But, hey, while I'm working, he's not. That's why he's catching up now. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just chilling. Well, how, somehow you guys always make it look seamless come the draft, which is, of course, now less than two months away. We're going to get into a couple of takeaways from Mel's mock draft 2.0, which came out last week. Todd has another mock draft coming out scheduled for this Friday. That'll be mock 3.0. I wanted to start, though, with some big news yesterday in the NFL that we think ha- I think has at least a tangential tie to the draft as J.J. Watt decided to sign with the Arizona Cardinals. He was a free agent for about a week or so and obviously could sign with someone because he had previously been cut. Todd, I'll start with you. Were you surprised that J.J. Watt picked the Arizona Cardinals? A little bit, to be honest. I, I, you know, I, I had heard Cleveland is a, a strong possibility in some other places, um, but it changes the landscape a little bit only because I, you know, last mock draft, I had them going with the defensive end. And now uh, with Greg Rousseau, I think it was the, the defensive yep. end from Miami. So now it doesn't mean that they won't take a defensive end or an, or an edge rusher, but it, it does, you know, put some other pressing needs in hand and cornerback is, is one of them. And, and then on the offensive side, I think you can't get enough weapons around, around your young star quarterback. So well, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I did not expect J.J. Watt to wind up in Arizona. What do you think, Mel? A little surprised, but I think you look at this team and you say, okay, you know, what they're trying to do with Hassan Reddick moving on, Chandler Jones coming back, the quarterback position at 16, I really think they can address with maybe J.C. Horn from South Carolina, son of Joe Horn. Uh, so I think they can get that need filled there. And Todd mentioned the defensive line. There's not a guy that you're even going to be tempted, I don't think, that early, Todd thought maybe Rousseau. I think that's a little early for him. He opted out. He had that one year for those 15 sacks in 2019. But uh, when I went back and looked at him, what tape, some of those sacks were coverage sacks where the quarterback mm-hmm. held the ball too long. He did hustle and get in there. I think he's got to anticipate the snap count better. He needed to work on some things. They kicked him inside. He was very impressive. I like that aspect of his game. But I think the fact that there wasn't an appealing defensive lineman made, I think, J.J. Watt more attractive to the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and he's going to be 32 later this month, Mel. So does that mean, I mean, if you thought defensive end was a need coming into this offseason for the Cardinals, does signing a 32-year-old to a two-year deal really mean that it's no longer a need? 
Well, this draft, I think, is going to be interesting. And Todd and I were talking about the lack of defensive end pass rushers or guys off the edge. Hassan Reddick had a great year. Now he's going to be able to, to, to basically parlay that into something good uh, in terms of the free agent market. But I think there's a couple of guys, Todd, have you thought about, and I always look at the Ravens as kind of a model with Matthew Judon, Zavarius Smith, and yep. Cornell McPhee. A couple of guys, Todd, I think have a chance. And I'd be curious to see where you think they'll go. Chauncey Golston, Iowa. I think when you look at a guy like Victor Demukeji from Duke and yep. Chris Rump for the second, also pretty good, but Demukeji more to bargain point than Ronnie Perkins, Oklahoma were three guys. I thought maybe you get a little later that could turn out to be good pass rushers once they're in the league. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I really like Rump, and I think he's going to continue to get bigger and stronger and he's athletic and he loves the game. You know, he's, he's, comes from a good bloodline but um but yeah i think rump of those guys to me in terms of where you're gonna get them makes Second a lot round, of sense right. yeah yeah i would say yeah somewhere in day two well maybe this at least alleviates the need for the cardinals to potentially reach for a pass rusher early in the draft as jj watt uh despite not being quite the same player he was earlier in his career as a three-time defensive player of the year still an incredibly impactful guy uh, we want to circle back to Mel's mock. Last week, we teased the opening of it and got into a couple of trades because for the first time ever, Todd, Mel has introduced trades into his mocks. What went through your head when you saw that mock draft live for the first time with three trades in the first round? 15 years of, of stubbornness finally, you know, just falling apart. That, that's what went through my mind. I mean, I love Mel. You know I love Mel. And, of course. And we always talk about it. And he's been my biggest supporter. But the one thing I couldn't understand, and I finally broke the, the truce. He always says we had a handshake. I don't believe we had a handshake. But I <laughs> broke the truce with him a year ago, and I made some trades. And he got all, all flustered, and then he finally said this year, what was it, my Christmas gift, Kuiper? Yeah, late that I was allowed to make some trades, right? And, and now here we are, and, and he's making more trades in his first-round mock than I am in my first-round mock. Wait till my 3.0 comes around. Whoa. Oh, man. <laughs> no, well, I'm going to have uh, the back end of the first round, middle of the first, early. I'm going to have like 16 trades. But I do think it'll be interesting to see when you come up with your 3.0 on Friday, Todd. You know, you're obviously going to project trades. And we look at now free agency beginning and what right. March 17th. That's going to really complicate matters in terms of team needs, where players go, what happens with Deshaun Watson. It looks like if he's traded, where's he going to go? Yeah, we think he might be traded, but what team's going to end up with Deshaun Watson? We had Jeremy Fowler on the Dari Mel show Saturday. Uh, guys, he brought up Denver as a possibility. So yeah. who knows? But a lot of impact from free agency and trades are going to have a, a direct effect on these mock drafts. Yeah. That's, and that's the frustrating part because free agency is later this year. Yeah, right? it is. And usually I, I would have a mock like four or five days before free agency started. And then all of a sudden, you know, 10 of the teams with the needs that I had, had projected were off the, off the table. And so it's, it'll be really interesting, especially with the quarterback market totally. and five potential quarterbacks going in the, the top 15 to 20 picks this year and all the, the veteran quarterbacks and the movement that we could see. That's what, to me, is going to be the most fascinating part. So of let's break down those three trades that Mel uh, suggested in his most recent mock draft. And Mel, I'll ask each of you about one side of the trade. Mel, I'll start with you with the Atlanta Falcons who moved up in this theoretical trade from four to two. And we're using a comp of when the Bears moved up from three to two, the infamous trade up for Mitch Trubisky, which 
not worried about the fact that it didn't work out. I'm just talking about the compensation. They traded picks 367, 111, and a third the following year just to move up to pick number two. So I understand that we can't make a direct corollary, corollary but it's going to take multiple picks for Atlanta to move up from four to two. And they, in this scenario, take Zach Wilson. Do you think that that would be because of the belief that Zach Wilson will eventually emerge as the number two player in this year's class? Or is it that you don't think he or Justin Fields will make it to them at pick four? Well, it was a great way to get me the Jets to Kyle Pitts. That was what the method of the madness was. <laughs> To be, as, to be perfectly honest with you guys. Is that right? <laughs> this, is, this is the reason why I made that deal, because I wanted to get Pitts in the top five, and the Jets made a lot of sense. It was more about the Jets than it was Atlanta. To, to Atlanta, the reason why it would make sense, they don't plan on picking up this high in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan's going to be 36 on, I believe, May 17th. Uh, so you go with Matt another yep. year. The Lions went with Matthew Stafford one more year. We thought maybe he would be traded. Now he was traded. Uh, so for Matt Ryan, get that heir apparent in Zach Wilson uh, would be a good way to go. That division is going to be changing dramatically over the next few years in terms of quarterbacks. Tom Brady at Tampa Bay can't play forever. New Orleans now has to figure it out. Carolina's going to be looking for a new quarterback now. Now Atlanta not only has Matt Ryan for another year, they get Zach Wilson. So it would be a great spot if you can figure it out and do it. Uh, and it works fine. If it doesn't, then they're sitting at four and they can take Justin Fields. So we went to high school there in the state of Georgia, local product. Uh, I would be happy with Fields there, but there's a lot of, of, of people who feel Fields should drop and, and is not rated as high as I have him. So we'll see, Todd. But that's the, 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 the reason why I did it was more about the Jets than it was about Atlanta. Atlanta's tough. Well, first of all, just so everyone understands, Mel and I approach the mock draft differently. Mel, I guess it's 43 years of, of understanding and knowing what he's doing. He does it like a puzzle, right? He'll, he'll put pieces here and there, and then he'll fill in the rest. I go through it, you know, one, one pick at a time. And, and I wind up putting myself in a jam because of it sometimes. But uh, he knows where he wants to get certain guys, certain places. And we've talked about that before. But if, if you're looking at Atlanta, this is one of the toughest decisions in terms of where they're going to go. We, we've talked about the Jets at two. You know, is, is it Sam Darnold or is it moving out of that spot? And, and I, Zach Wilson should be the number two overall pick. I'll, I will be very surprised if he's not. But Atlanta, I don't know, even if they're sitting at four and have the quarterback that they want, are, are they going to take a quarterback at that spot? Because they, they have the salary cap hit that they have to take with Matt Ryan. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Matt Ryan truly believes, and his performance kind of backs it up, that he can play another two, three years in the league at a relatively high level, especially if, you know, if Julio Jones is healthy and if he has the weapons around him. But, um, but it's going to be interesting because they're one of the teams in the top 10. We always talk, you know, we're talking about one with Jacksonville, two with the Jets, four with Atlanta, eight with Carolina. They're one of those four teams in the top 10 that you really think there's a, there's a good chance of them taking a quarterback. But I'm not certain. I'm the least certain of those four teams when it comes to Atlanta. I've said this before. I'm not sure the board really stacks up for Atlanta how they would like if they don't take a quarterback at pick four because the other best prospects in this class are either a wide receiver, which I wouldn't consider a major need, and a left tackle, which if you're already invested in Jake Matthews plus Caleb McGarry might not be as much of a need. Mel, I saw in your mailbag that you were asked about this, so I'll bring it back up because you just brought his name. So Kyle Pitts, you wanted to get him in the top five, and 
it sounds like what you are trying to convey to readers too is that people see tight end in the top five and they have a hard time buying into that. But we really need to look at this as acquiring the number one pass catcher for an offense, basically. Yeah, and I say to that, if a Travis Kelsey was in this draft, would you want him at four? Would you want him yeah. in that area? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't buy the fact that it's not a positional need area that's that you know, important. It is important. It went out of vogue for a while, and it came back in. You think about Tony Gonzalez when he meant to that position. But uh, I think he's more than that. And I think for the Jets, who got nothing from tight end. Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold has been treated, I wouldn't say unfairly treated. It's just been unfair for people to critique him without the talent. Once you get a decent supporting cast, then critique your quarterback. But once a quarterback's out there and he's got very little around him and he's got mono, then he has a shoulder and he's still a young quarterback, I mean, give him a break. You know, he saw ghosts against New England. So what? You know, who hasn't against Belichick's defense? So I look at all this, this Darnold criticism to me, and I'll ask Todd this. I don't have any gap at all with Darnold and, and Zach Wilson. To me, Zach Wilson is behind where Darnold was on the ratings board coming out. If you have them equal, you stick with Darnold, in my opinion. What's your take on that Darnold-Wilson, you know, scenario that obviously the Jets are, are have to figure out, Todd, at number two? Right, I- they're, they're still trying to figure it out, and they want to see where some of the, you know, the dominoes fall, if you will. What would you I, do? I, what would you I personally am, do? I would keep Darnold, and I would, dra- I, I would utilize my four first-round picks this year and next year combined and try to put guys around them. Because you know I, I'm, I'm a Darnold guy. I always mm-hmm. have been. I, I thought he was the best in that class. He has the – if you include Trevor Lawrence, the third highest grade that I've given since 2012 – in, uh, at the quarterback position, going back to Andrew Luck, I like Darnold. I think he can be a really good player and really good starting quarterback in the NFL. And I totally agree with you that nothing at running back, no weapons at wide receiver. They got a little bit better in the offensive line, but I mean, the protection is not there. The defense hasn't been great. And Joe Douglas, the, uh, the general manager, was basically kind of putting it all together so they could make a two-year run, I think, you know, in terms of draft picks and building the roster that they wanted, the the new organization wants. And unfortunately, Sam Darnold's in that in-between spot. The only thing I'll say, though, is the money. And I know you you don't like talking about it, but it it is a significant factor that you're going to have to pay Sam Darnold a lot more than you're going to have to pay, uh, pay Zach Wilson. And if you can get trade value to, to send Sam somewhere, what do you do? I mean, that, that's really the, the difficulty of this decision. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Real quick, guys, what I don't like what I don't like about the Wilson drafting of the by the Jets at two is you don't get Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, or Kyle Pitts. I'd rather have yep. Sam Darnold and Kyle Pitts than Zach Wilson and no Kyle Pitts. Or Sam Darnold and Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith and no Zach Wilson. I'd rather go that route. I get the I keep my quarterback. I get a great skill position player to help him. If I draft Zach Wilson, I'm not getting one of those three elite pass-catching options, which is what they need. So that's just uh, that's just kind of common no, I, sense I agree. for me. I, yeah. I actually agree, Mel. I really do. Like, it, it, you got to give a quarterback a shot. You got to give him players that can go make plays. And that, that has not happened. And it was from the, the prior regime. But right now they're trying to figure out, you know, what's best for the organization, what right. value can we get. But, uh, but I, I, but you was, said, I, you said I also would rather time. give him Chase or, or, or Devontae or Kyle right. Pitts. Right. And real quick, you said pay. You got to pay. You pay Darnold if he's really good. If he's not good, you're not paying. You're letting him go. So one more year to see if he's making progress and he deserves money. You make money when you're good. You don't make money when you're mediocre. So I think for, for say if he's good, then you're happy and you pay him. But it's like when Flacco won a Super Bowl and Mark Rippon won a Super Bowl. When different quarterbacks do well, they get paid. So if Sam Darnold earns the right to get some money, the Jets will be happy. They got their guy. If he doesn't, then they next year they cut the cord and they find somebody else. Yeah, well, I, I got think- it. But are you counting on picking at number two again? I mean, that's the question. And, and having a draft class. And we know what the quarterback class looks like next year. And that can change. But you got five first-rounders. You've got – Trevor Lawrence, who's a once in a decade type of talent. You got Zach Wilson, who I, I think is is supremely talented and is going to really like surprise people in the NFL that didn't watch a lot, a lot of BYU. I'll games. give you, you my get- one solution, Todd. My one solution to your problem is if you don't love Darnold and you're questioning Darnold, trade Darnold and make the move to get uh, Deshaun Watson in that trade. Send Darnold to Houston. Go give what you have to give up to get Deshaun Watson and be done with it. You don't have to worry about next year's young quarterbacks. Whether Zach Wilson's going to be a boom or a bust. We know all the quarterbacks went in the first round. A lot of them have been disappointed. With that, aren't even with their team right now. Go get go get Deshaun Watson if you're the Jets fan. That's with that roster though. With that that roster, Mel, you we just talked about you have four first round picks in two years. Would you give up three? Because that's what that's what they're going to ask for. Yeah, they got a lot of extra picks. So they got they have a surplus right now, right? They got a lot of picks. I know. So you can afford to give up some of those picks to get the 25-year-old franchise quarterback, which he's 26 on September 14th. He's still 25 when the season begins. I would go get Deshaun Watson. To me, you're getting a elite court. He did it without much talent at Houston. He still put up great numbers. He's used yeah, to Yeah, I agree. I, I, was just asking, I, was, I don't know what the answer is. Do you give up three first-round picks, or do you try to build around a quarterback that we both – Agree is good. Yeah. You know, now you got you have four. You could get a wide receiver, offensive lineman, a tight end, and and a, a premier defensive player in the next. Well, two if, years. if you if you if, if you draft Zach Wilson at two, Todd, you're losing those the, the Pitts, Smith, and Chase anyway. So you're but you're 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 taking that pick on Zach. Well, here I'm giving it to Houston. I'm giving them Darnold. I'm giving a couple more picks, but I'm getting a quarterback heck a lot better than Sam Darnold and what Zach Wilson may be. That's my point. Deshaun Watson. You still get him with Zach Wilson. You're not getting those 
guys anyway. You know what I'm saying? Not, you're not getting those three receivers. Yeah. You're getting just Zach Wilson, who's an unknown. Let's face it, we like him, but he's still an unknown. Well, you're getting Zach Wilson and three other first-round picks in a, in a two-year span. I get you, but would you rather have Deshaun Watson, who's a guaranteed franchise quarterback? Hello? Yeah, I'll, I'll round out the conversation just by saying I'd I, I, I personally take my chances on acquiring Deshaun Watson and figuring the rest of the stuff out. I do think it's Todd mentioned the money with Sam Darnold. That's the trickiest part here is that it's the money and it's the timeline. And that if Sam Darnold doesn't improve this year, you're either A, on the hook for a lot of money and a fifth year option, or B, you are looking for a quarterback again next year and might be picking at, let's say, 15 or 18 or further down the board in what we would call no man's land. Uh, I love the conversation, though. It's the Jets. I mean, number two pick is the place where the draft starts this year. It's a tough call, yeah, right? It's it's not it really easy. Is. Yeah, and and you know, as much as we talk about, like we would just make these trades easily. You know, these things do take time and energy and effort and some audacity to execute. Can I ask it's, you a question, Phil? Yeah, please. Real quick, <laughs> to just finish off the is, is the Sean Watson going to be traded? I think so. And I understand that the Texans have dug their heels in, but ultimately I think there's going to be a point where Nick Casario, their new GM, who let me note, as I'll say this every time this conversation is brought up, he did nothing wrong here, right? He walked into the pile of mud just because he got hired to be their GM, whether it was him or you and Todd as their GMs, you would have had to deal with this. Um, he's going to have to take a moment at some point, look in the mirror and say, I think I have basically two options. One where Deshaun Watson doesn't play for us, but he doesn't play for anybody. He just sits out for all or part of the year. Two would be he doesn't play for us, but instead he's playing for the Jets. We now have the number two pick in the draft, plus, I don't know, number 23 this year and a first round pick from the Jets next year, maybe the higher of their pick or plus Sam Darnold. Plus Sam Darnold. And that I think will become more alluring. It's going to take some time here, but I do think they eventually trade Deshaun Watson. The trick for the teams that are in the mix for Deshaun is how patient can they be? Because only one team, if he is traded, is going to get him. And if everybody makes their plans around getting him, a lot of teams are going to be left with not what they intended to do. So it's an interesting game of uh, sort of cat and mouse between Deshaun Watson and the Texans and also the Texans and the rest of the league. Uh, The second pick, and by the way, Kyle Pitts, who we discussed, really fascinating tight end. For those that are interested in more talk about fascinating tight ends, uh, Darren Waller actually joined the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast earlier today, one of the other shows that I do, and Matthew Barron and him had a nice chat. Uh, Darren obviously had a breakout season this year for the Raiders, and if you get a Darren Waller at pick four, you'd feel <laughs> great about that, Jets fans. Uh, the second pick was the 49ers, who currently picked 12, moving up to number seven to trade with the Lions. This one actually reminded me of the trade that the Bills executed to go up from 12 to seven to grab Josh Allen back in 2018 understanding that every draft is different and every trade is different. The Bills traded 12 plus two second round picks that year. I believe it was 53 and 56 to move up from 12 to seven for the Buccaneers. So maybe something along those lines would be what it takes for the 49ers to move up. But of course, there's a reason why they're moving up Mel, And that would be because Kyle Shanahan would land a quarterback in Justin Fields that he could rebuild his offense around. Yeah, an incredible talent with that 4-4 speed. Uh, he had a great 2019 season. We were talking about that a lot today, Todd, about the adjustment. Because I get the, that he's a little polarizing. I get the criticism because of those two games. But I think for seven, for that 49er offense, I feel like we can get an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo with Justin Fields. 
I think uh, would be a move that maybe they make. And I see Justin Fields going in this general area. That's why I was trying to figure out the team that wouldn't be interested in maybe moving up to that spot. Uh, I see Denver maybe more more than more of the veteran, like the Deshaun Watson. They had interest in Matthew Stafford. I think the 49ers would be with Kyle Shanahan, a nice fit for Justin Fields. Yeah, and you know Carolina's sitting there at eight, right? So that's, you know, moving – you had them moving up to seven, right? So you you get one spot ahead. Mm -hmm. If you're Carolina, though, why aren't you moving up to go get your guy? If if you have the guy, unless it's Mac Jones and you think he's going to fall to you at eight, so that to me that's the interesting part. Mm-hmm. You and I are going to debate Justin Fields the whole you know the whole draft season, and it, everyone's going to take the clips of me saying I don't think he's quite as good as you, but I still have him going in the top ten or top twelve picks. And it's it, you know I, I see all the talent. I just don't think he processes th- things as quickly. And I think he was in a really quarterback-friendly uh, offense with, with Ryan Day at Ohio State. So, to me, I think there's more work to, to be done with him. But he can get there because he's got the big arm. He's got the mobility. He's competitive. He's been successful. He's got almost all of the qualities you want. I just want to see faster eyes and processing. But, but you can get him there. I, I truly believe that. He's got a lot of the physical traits. That much is for sure. Mel, the other side of this would be the Lions moving back. I don't know that I can think of a single team in this year's draft that should be looking to acquire more picks other than the Lions, right? They have a holdover quarterback. They have a bridge quarterback, excuse me, and Jared Goff to start for a year, maybe two, maybe four if everything goes really well. He's under contract for multiple years, but they need to fill so many holes and there's so much patience built in for their new GM, Brad Holmes, and head coach, Dan Campbell. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It really is. I mean, the Lions, you think about the issues they have at wide receiver. We talk about linebackers probably need more than one, probably need two. Uh, You know, the cornerback, the the defensive secondary, offensive line, all these different areas. But I think when you look at that point, if you go from seven down to 12, Micah Parsons from Penn State linebacker and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, linebacker Notre Dame, would be guys you could look at at that point. And really nothing precludes you guys, uh, Field and Todd, from trading down again. Just because you traded down to 12, you might figure, okay, let's go down a little further and get one of those linebackers because maybe you know, we can still get a Wusu Koromoa right before the Raiders or right before the Dolphins at 17 and 18. So you know, people say, well, you're, you know, there's no rule saying don't trade down one time. If I'm the Lions <laughs> and I need a lot of players, I'm sliding on down that first round as far as I can. Because this draft, because of the opt-outs and teams valuing next year more than this year, we don't know how teams are players. There's a lot of unknowns in this draft that could allow you to find some real steals. I'm going to load up 
on those second, third, fourth round picks. And if the Lions do that, I think they'll have a heck of a lot better draft than they would standing pat. You know, yeah, I think that because of the, the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, I think you're going to see a lot of really good defensive players get pushed out. You know, Patrick Sutan, the cornerback from Alabama. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked about all the cornerbacks, the linebackers you just mentioned, and, and the, the edge rushers that we've talked about. It's not a great group, but you can get a guy in the late, you know, late 20s into the 30s and 40s in terms of picks that I think ordinarily would go a little bit higher. So I, I think the depth of this defensive class is better than we're, we're giving it credit. But every, everyone's focusing on, you know, five quarterbacks, maybe in the top 12, three wide receivers right there with them. And, and the defensive players are getting pushed down as a result. The one scenario where I'd be really tempted to not move an inch if I'm the Lions is if somehow Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase was available, pick seven, which I view as highly unlikely. And frankly, guys, the more that I see him understanding there's a health consideration, I feel just about as strongly as about Jalen Waddell, too. If he's there at pick seven, it'd be very, very tempting. Uh, The third trade in your mock draft, Mel, is the Patriots moving up from pick 15 to number nine. That where the Denver Broncos currently pick. Um, again, understanding the compensation changes based off the trade in the year. This could be something that actually requires the Patriots to, I mean, at least move a second round pick plus a 2022 pick, or maybe even if you keep your second round of this year in New England, you have to trade your 2022 first round pick to move up six slots. But who would be the target if they're moving up to number nine? This was a tough one because of Mac Jones. Uh, yeah, the saban Belichick connection is real. The Brady comp to Jones. I'm not talking about Brady as a Hall of Famer, best ever, you know, uh, greatest of all time. And I hate that word goat, so I'll say greatest of all time. But um, <laughs> uh, that's a word I hate because a goat when I was growing up was bad. Now they're saying it's good. Exactly. Well, it's typical, <laughs> typical what's going on. But, hey, uh, you can't have anything to be bad. But, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, of, of Tom Brady and, and the Mac Jones situation, Mac Jones – Carolina because of the senior bowl practices with Matt Rule, and then the Saban-Belichick connection for New England made it a tough call. I wanted to have New England go up and get Mac Jones, but I said, okay, Trey Lance is the wild card here. And I said, Todd, today in field, and I've said it a couple of times, he's the most fascinating player I've ever evaluated in 43 years. Never wow. before have we had this. I, Todd, you, you'll never have it. You'll be doing this forever. <laughs> I'm 60, we'll go to 61, you're 40. Big difference there. So going on and on and on down the road, Will we ever have a one double A quarterback with 17 career starts? There were 15 to 17 games where he threw 23 or fewer passes in a game. Okay. Some guys threw 23 and a quarter. Okay. He had a ton of rushing yards. He only has 17 career starts. Only won this season. He was 15 to 30 against Central Arkansas. He had only 20 years of age, arguably the youngest player in this draft. And he's coming into the draft and not going back and playing another year. I would have gone to Texas or Ohio State. That would have been me and maybe be the number one pick in 2022. He opted not to do that. This is a very – and if you're talking about the top 10 of the first round. So who's going to do that? I had New England doing it. I, the Mac Jones thing makes me wonder about New England. Would they go up and get him? They see that similarity to Brady coming out of Michigan. And like I said, I'm not talking about Brady now. I'm talking about winning Super Bowls. When Brady came out of Michigan, he was a late sixth-round pick. because around a 5-2-40, and he had a 24 vertical. And 199 overall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mac yeah. was a little bit higher than that. We, I think yeah. we all agree. Hey, Todd, I want to ask you about Trey Lance because I think a lot of people that are just college football fans, they kind of know what Mac Jones is all about. They know what Mac, Mac Jones is all about. They know what you know Trevor Lawrence is all about and Justin Fields. 
a little bit less so Zach Wilson, but still one, you know, this is, you know, he, he's, he played a couple of national TV games. Not only did Trey Lance play just one game this past year, as Mount noted, but he plays at North Dakota state, not a team you see very frequently on TV. If you had to give the introductory scouting report on what makes right. Trey Lance different and special, what would it be? Well, it starts with he's big, sturdy, and strong, highly Huge. competitive. Yeah, he is. He is. And he like, as a runner, which is becoming more important in, in the NFL in terms of the playing that position, as a runner, he's, he can actually take the beating. But, you know, Cam Newton could too. How long does that work? I think he processes things quicker than, than uh, Justin Fields and, and some of the other quarterbacks. I really do. I think he sees the whole field, and he's in a pro-style offense where it allows him to go from progression one to two to three to four, and you can see it. He's got to become more consistently accurate, though. And, and, you know, Mel talked about the, some of the passing traits. We saw the one game this year, which was the most – I've said it before – the most bizarre circumstance I've ever seen in college football. Uh, but studying his tape, he's got to become a little bit more consistent with his footwork, which will lead to him being more consistent, consistent with his accuracy. But ultimately, he has the arm. He has the size. He has the strength, the mobility. And I, I just – I like the way he processes the game and how competitive he is. He is truly a wild card in this year's draft. Uh, as I mentioned, Mel's mailbag is out today on ESPN.com Tuesday, and Todd's 3.0 mock draft expected out on Friday. Maybe the most interesting question you got, Mel, was to take the past two drafts, Ooh. 2021 and 2020, and based off pre-draft grades, mm-hmm. rank the top 10 quarterbacks available. So, Let's just walk through it. Some of these can just be pretty quick. Like I think people understand why you have Trevor Lawrence number one overall, but build it from one to 10 from there, how it looks. Well, Joe Burrow factored in it at number two. Uh, and then two uh, Herbert were three, four based on ratings from last year. Okay. Then Zach Wilson would factor in at five based on where they're graded now comparison to last year. Justin Fields would be six. Uh, Mac Jones would be seven. Trey Lance would be eight. Uh, Jordan Love would be nine. And then the Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, and uh, Jacob Eason would vie for 10. They would be equal at 10, same grade at 10. So that would be the 10. Uh, Kyle Trask from Florida would be right in that mix as the 10th guy. But I'll say uh, Hurts and Eason together, Hurts from last year's draft and Eason from last year's draft would be kind of vying for that, ten, that number 10 spot. So let me ask you this, Mel. Uh, the first thing I think that probably catches a lot of people's attention there is Tua at three. But you got to – you know, rewind your memory, right? Because this was, again, pre-draft grades. How long do you think it typically takes you to recalibrate your thoughts on what this player is in the NFL level? Like, I don't believe you're the kind of person that's ready to cut bait on Tua. Do you still believe he can reach the potential, the ceiling that you envisioned or many of us envisioned for him at this time last year? This time last year, we were talking about medically redshirting Tua for a year. Mm-hmm. that it would be the best way to go because he was coming off the significant injuries, the hip. Uh, he's, I believe it was eight months removed when he started playing at Miami this year from that hip surgery. That, to me, affects your arm strength with him uh, you know, and, and just your confidence and everything about throwing the football is your legs and hip. Everything has to go into a throw, and it's not, uh, not something that you could, could uh, minimize, the importance of more time for Tua. I think you'll see a totally different quarterback next year uh, from an arm strength standpoint. So, no, I, 
it, it drives me crazy when everybody wants to talk <laughs> about th these guys are disappointments and they're busts and they're, I, I can never wrap my arms around that kind of talk. I go back and I can't wrap my arms around Deshaun Watson and, and uh, Carson Wentz being traded and Russell Wilson talking trade. I, I grew up with John Elway and, and Marino and Jim Kelly and Brett Favre and Joe Montana. They, they were with their teams forever until they were at the end of the line and they moved on as Favre did as Montana did, but they were with you forever. Now that's not the case. So I can't wrap my arms around that. I certainly can't wrap my arms around uh, what's going on in terms of, of the talk about Todd first, second, third year quarterbacks being considered like the third year, I guess you would now be because we've moved from five, six years to three years, but a first and second year quarterback <laughs> who's coming off significant injuries to call him a, a disappointment. We got to cut the, we got to cut ties with two and move on. I think is ridiculous talk. Yeah. I mean, Troy Aikman struggled with the Cowboys his rookie year, right? About Peyton, Peyton Manning didn't have a great yeah. year, right? I mean, you, you got to see it. John Elway. John Elway struggled mightily as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, I was I was in high school, I think. Uh, but but the the issue is he's coming off of hip surgery, and we didn't like you said we didn't think he was going to play at all. And for him to even be on the field, and for the coaching staff, which by the way is the best coaching staff that that they've had there in probably two decades, and and the the personnel department for them to see him in practice and to see what he can do and decide, hey, we're going to make a change, even though we're winning games with, uh, with Fitzpatrick. They saw something, and they know what's going on. Give him an offseason. He's getting bigger and stronger. He's rebuilding his body, and I think he's going to be a different guy. And, and they have put a lot of parts around him and on the defensive side. I, I think the Dolphins are, are set up for success. It's, it's a really interesting conversation. Like a lot of things these days, it doesn't seem to be that a lot of people are willing to meet in the middle on it. People either think the, the Dolphins are crazy for potentially trying to replace Tua after just one year, or they think the Dolphins are crazy for not considering a quarterback at pick number three because they have this unique opportunity through the Texans trade. Uh, Todd, I don't know if there are any other players, as I read them again from four to ten, Justin Herbert, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Jordan Love, Jacob Beeson. Is there anybody that – stands out there that maybe your own pre-draft grades didn't align with quite as seamlessly? Um, Her Herbert, I, I didn't, I wasn't quite as high on because of okay. the, you know, spending time with him. He was introverted. He just wasn't the leader that I, that a lot of quarterbacks are than when you sit down and you talk to him. Uh, but he also was in a situation with, with um, Mario Cristobal where they wanted to run the football and be a defensive team and he just was never allowed to be that guy. But uh, but Mel had Mel had Herbert higher. I had him a little bit lower. And and clearly he's you know he's off to a really good start. How about the Trey Lance versus uh, Mac Jones? I, I imagine that they are close on the board for you. Do you have Jones now ahead of Trey Lance? I have Lance ahead of Jones. It's not it's not a big difference in terms of grade. Yeah. And it's it's rare to have five quarterbacks with a, the grades that belong somewhere in the top 20, you know? And so it's been tough to kind of go through, but I think if developed properly, Lance has a chance to be special. I really yeah. do. I think he can be one of the, like the top 10, 12 quarterbacks in the league. Mac Jones is just a different player. And I, we've talked about this before. The, the top four quarterbacks all have the mobility and can come in the league and make mental mistakes but make up for it because of their, their mobility and, and their ability to escape and extend plays. Mac's going to come in and he's got to win with his mind. You know, he, he's great in terms of accuracy. 
he can pick up six, seven yards when you need it and when you get an opportunity. But he relies on knowing, knowing what's going on with the defense, getting the ball out, and being pinpoint accurate. And I think he can do that at the next level. But it's a very different evaluation with really the top, the top four guys compared to Mac Jones. He's so different in terms of his play style. No, Mel, you did mention one more quarterback in your mailbag. Someone asked you for a sleeper. And most of the attention in this podcast tends to go on the names that will go in the first, let's say, 50 to 75 picks. But I thought your mentioning of Davis Mills from Stanford was really interesting. What's the backstory on him and what's his outlook as a potential pro prospect? Bill, it's really, as I know, that the quarterbacks after that top group are really tough to try to figure how they will rank. Uh, Davis Mills, of course, Kyle Trask at Florida, we all have six, but, you know, Kellen Mond, Texas A&M, Jamie Newman, Wake Forest, and then Georgia where he didn't play, uh, Sam Ellinger from Texas, uh, Felipe Franks, Arkansas, Ian Book, Notre Dame. But, like, when you look at where Davis Mills is, 11 career starts, you know about a dangerous number, just 11 career starts. <laughs> now, yeah. in those five games this year, because they missed the first one with the COVID protocols, but uh, he played really well. He had the, the Colorado game was the only game he didn't complete a high percentage of his passes. He did throw three picks in the UCLA game. They threw three touchdowns, and they threw for over 400 yards in that game. Uh, you know, coming out of high school, he was elite. I remember talking to David Shaw. To, uh, to, I remember when, you know, when we leave after day two, and we're walking out, and we get to go down our leg. We can yep. barely walk. After sitting there, and <laughs> I, David Shaw kind of grabbed. I, I saw Davis said, "Hey, what, what, what do you think of Davis Mills?" And he, he went, "Ooh, he's going to be good." And I remember Dave looking at him and said, "He went, what? He's going to be really good." And I, maybe he never got to that level. I mean, circumstances this year with COVID and all that, they they played the season, but it was interrupted. All that, you know, he had the five starts, uh, about eleven career starts is a dangerous number, but not for a third, fourth rounder, which is where I think some people think second round. I'm thinking more third or fourth. I'd be interested to see, Todd, what you're hearing on Davis Mills. But uh, he's a guy that not enough enough people have talked about this year that is going to maybe be the sixth or seventh quarterback taken. Yeah, I, I, I actually like him. I, I think he's got potential. He's not there yet. Like you said, he doesn't have the starts. Trubisky was, what, 13 starts yes. coming out of North Carolina? And that, that was scary at the time. And you, you still wonder, you know, how much that's played into his, his pro career. You got to have game experience, but this is a different year. This is a different year, and he he clearly has the physical tools. I I keep hearing third round is like is the highest is the ceiling, but more more likely fourth and could potentially be fifth. But I think it's probably going to be early day three. And this is why the eleven starts field. You know, Trubisky was a second pick in the draft. Yeah. We're talking now about a maybe late day two, early day three picks. So that minimizes the risk here with Davis Mills and only having 11 starts. Yeah, he is fascinating. As you mentioned, not only did David Shaw have high hopes for him after a couple of years, I mean, as I think, Mel, you mentioned earlier too, like he was what, the number one pocket passer coming out of high school, which we know that, you know, high school grades and stars don't always translate to college production or pro production, but there were some traits that people saw in Davis Mills a long time ago that make him an intriguing guy four or five years later. Uh, as mentioned, Mel's entire mailbag, which most importantly, and I won't reveal the answer, does get into whether pref Mel prefers pizza with or without pineapple. That is answered in the mailbag. Is now available on ESPN.com as Mel laughs and Todd shakes his head. Uh, ask him about mashed potatoes, too. Oh, I know all about it. I mashed potatoes with pizza, but with pizza right. without cheese. That's right. Uh, Mel, I mean, I, I, I said, don't even know I, what, I, say, what do we say? Tom? My answer was, I'll give you the answer to everybody. I said, the only time I want to see pineapple is in a pineapple upside down cake. I don't want a pizza. <laughs>
I love pineapple I, upside down. Do you, mm. I mean, you take the cheese, you take the cheese off, and then you're losing half of the of the the tomato sauce, right? And now you're putting mashed potatoes on it. So could you carb load any more than you are yeah, with you mashed delic- potatoes on top of cheeseless pizza? Delicately take the cheese off. You don't rip all that tomato sauce off. Like, Unlike the way I handled your uh, your pumpkin no, pie, you the destroyed one time. my pumpkin pie. So you feel I got <laughs> stories about McShay. He's, he's he's a little he's a little reckless. Okay, a little reckless. You put food in front of him. You never know what you're gonna get. It is uh, it's never dull. Getting into Mel's food takes. You kind of remind me of Orlovsky. You guys have unique food takes, which <laughs> is part of what makes you guys such special individuals. Uh, Weird, right? Weird. Is the word. No, 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 no. Unique, unique food takes. That's all I'm gonna unique. say. Got a few words. Yeah. That's right. right what's, what's, what's the word? With, <laughs> we'll stick with word? unique. Bizarre, bizarre. I, um, <laughs> that works. I can't say what I'm really thinking right now. Yeah, bizarre is good. Bizarre, bizarre works. Uh, well, <laughs> not bizarre is Todd's next mock 3.0, which we hope will include some trades as well. Should be available on ESPN.com on Friday. In the meantime, if you feel generous enough, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you download your podcast. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Mel, Todd, enjoy your pizza.